You're listening to an Axe Church sermon. Axe Church Northwest is located in Vancouver, Washington, and we have services meeting each week at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. You can also join us online live at our 11 a.m. service each Sunday. If you'd like to know more about Axe Church Northwest, you can go to axechurchnw.org. Now enjoy the sermon. So now I'm going to talk for a little while. We're going to see how this goes. I don't know how you guys have felt about this uh, session, but you'll get a chance a little later um, to kind of break into smaller groups and talk about that. But it's very interesting to do to do church with a bunch of different videos. Um, but hey, this is it's snowing, so this is where we are. I was reminded as I was thinking about what do we want to kind of get into since I can't do a traditional standing on a stage and, and uh, doing a classic sermon. Uh, what, do, what do we want to teach and what do we want to think about? And I was reminded back to or thinking back to when we went through the book of Acts. Some of you were here. Some of you weren't here for that. I thought we'd start it over again. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we're not going to start over again. Uh, I was just thinking about, uh, you know, the recipe for church, um, what what some of us would call ecclesiology, which would include a lot of different things like how the church should be run and what should go on and, and those kinds of things. But specifically, um, what are sort of the the pillars, the foundations of what makes the church work, the body of Christ, uh, what, what makes uh, the church go and do? And there's quite a few things. I want to read um, Acts 2, 42 through 47 to get us started here. It says this, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done to the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Now, there's quite a few factors, really, if you if we parse through that. And if you want to parse through, you can go back and watch the sermons on Acts where I go through that section. Um, but I, what I really want to really focus on is the aspect of fellowship, because that's the one that's sort of been attacked in this time. That's the one that we've had to uh, deal with the most severely is this idea of being together. And so I have a few other passages I want to read regarding fellowship, and then I want to talk about it a little more after that. We're going to start with Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. It says this, and this is on the value of a friend. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Hebrews 10, 23-25, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. Galatians 6, 2 says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Galatians 6, 9 and 10, and let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are the household of faith. And then 
1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 14. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. Fellowship, right? This is a body of many members and the members can't be completely separated from one another and work well together. And that's something we've had to deal with. And so we've had to find alternative ways to fellowship. And and one of the things that we've certainly noticed, or I think most of you have noticed is that it's not the same. It's not the same. And so we feel um, at least some level of a longing in our heart for the kind of togetherness that we, that we have, that we want, that we've had for so long. Again, Acts 2.42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and, pairs, and in prayers. Um, we got to meet each other's needs in order to do that. We have to know about each other's needs. In order to do that, we have to have some fellowship. We have to talk to each other. We have to, we have to be with each other or find other ways to talk to each other. Um, and, you know, there was a time in the past, you may remember, about a year ago, when togetherness was easy. It was easy. We showed up at church. In fact, you know, a lot of people, we would skip church for kind of uh, reasons that weren't that important. And now I think hopefully most of us have come to the point where it's like, no, I really want to get back to church, especially those who haven't been able to be there for a year um, are kind of suffering with, hey, I I need to get back. I need to be there. Um, and, And it was easy then, and now it takes real work. For them, as we read, they were daily in one accord in the temple and breaking bread house to house. They were glad, living simply, praising God, having favor with all the people. There was this togetherness. There was this fellowship. The bottom line of fellowship is I need you. Oh, sorry. I need you and you need me. Whether you like that or not, whether we like that or not, we do need one another. We need to be in fellowship with one another. We're, bo- we're brothers and sisters in Christ. We're one body. Um, and, uh, you know, the body of Christ should not be divided. And I think that what has happened, um, and not by anyone's particular fault, I mean, from time to time in history, these things have happened. This isn't the first time uh, that churches have had to have a break in fellowship, if you will, where people couldn't be around each other as much because of something like an illness. There are other things also. People go off to war. People go, you know, there's there's all kinds of Christians used to be put in prison quite a bit. In some places of the world, they are still, and fellowship is somewhat, somewhat broken. So we go through these seasons. Okay, Um, but I I know that we have a desire, whether we can figure out what it is or not, to be in fellowship, because I know that fellowship is a pillar of what the church is and does. And so I'm I'm hurting not being in fellowship with so many of you. When I, I look at we have a list and it shows kind of, hey, who was here on Sunday and who wasn't? I've got a number of names, a good number. I mean, a good percentage of our church who are on there, who's are people I haven't seen for almost a year. And it's tough for me. It's tough for me to, to miss you. It may not be tough for you to miss me, but hopefully there are other people in the church that you miss. Those of you who haven't been able to be there for a long time. And um, it's difficult to know that one of the pillars, one of the things that makes the church go, fellowship, is, is struggling. Uh, and so I'm hurting about it. I think you're hurting about it. I think some of us, especially the more social you are, the more that you need that or the less that you have it in other places, um, uh, the more that you're probably hurting over this. But I just want to be clear about one thing. Uh, we are Christ's church. 
we will be Christ Church. We are being Christ Church, even though it's a difficult time. We're having to do difficult things, but we're not going to be overcome, even though this is a very difficult time. I want to read you a passage, um, 2 Corinthians 4, 5 through 10, and then I'm going to read you 4, 16 through 5, 8. So here we go. For we did not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. And ourselves, your bondservants, for Jesus' sake. For it is, the, it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, right? These bodies, these difficult bodies in this difficult world. That the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our body. Therefore, we do not lose heart. This is starting at verse 16. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. But we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation which is from heaven, if indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee, as a down payment, so that we know that this is going to happen. So we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. I've gone through some difficult times, just, you know, honesty time. It's been difficult for me, especially the last several weeks. Um, just a lot going on and a long time of, of running with this pandemic and with the difficulties and with the different needs of the different people and the needs of a body that's varied the needs are varied, right? And so um, we've had a, a lot, all of us, to, to sort of deal with. And I've just had to hold on to the promises of God, knowing that this body, this world, this is not what it's all about, but rather to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord, that I know will happen because I have that promise, because I have the Holy Spirit, which was that down payment, um, which that guarantee that God has given us. I can look forward to that. And I can also look forward to him protecting us now. And I found that as, I, as I, I have to, I have to go to the scripture. I have to go to his promises. I have to repeat to myself the truth over and over and over again in order for me to, to sustain through the difficulties that I've faced. And, and I'm guessing that's true for you too. I found that when I focus on the rock, on Jesus Christ, and I'm kind of attaching myself, building my house on the rock with this storm, and it's definitely a storm, doesn't have really any effect on me in terms of my solidness, my solidity in Christ. This is what, um, this is how God gives us confidence through the storm. Matthew 22, I'm sorry, Matthew 7, 24 through 29. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. I'm going to stop there for a second. 
we got to hear what Jesus has said, right? He has said a lot. If you if you have the scriptures at your home, please read through all the things that Jesus said because he consistently and constantly promised both that we would go through difficulty and that he would bring us through it, that we would be persecuted and that we would have all this stuff, but that he's overcome the world. And he's saying, look, listen to these things. And then he's given us all the lessons that we need to live a godly life, right? In, in Matthew 28, we talk about doing all things he has commanded, being taught to do all things that he has commanded. And so he's taught us those things. If we do them, he says, therefore, over here's these things of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. You feel like you've been beaten on a little bit? I do. <laughs> and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house in the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Look, this message comes from Jesus with authority, as all things that Christ says and all things in the Scripture do. If we build our house on the rock, it's going to be real hard to break us down. We will get beat on. The house was beat on. We're going to get beat on. Some of you feel like you're being beat on constantly, but trust that you can rest in the rock, in Jesus Christ, right? That you can cast your cares upon him because he cares for you, that he'll take on your burdens, that his yoke is easy, his burden is light. You got to be there. You got to be there. And there's, I've never had a time in my life where so consistently over such a long period of time, it's, hey, I got to, you know, there's times when you can go out and kind of do your own thing. Like I say, where things are easy. Sort of what people say, I just want to go back to normal as if nothing bad ever happened when things were normal, right? Um, they did, right? But this is kind of a constant thing. And so um, we got to find our strength in God. Part of this is uh, finding our strength and doing what he's commanded is working through his body to support the rest of his body. That means each one of us has not only an opportunity to be ministered to, but that we have an obligation to minister to others. That's part of how we do this. Part of being on the rock is letting Christ work through his body, the church, to minister to us. The standard is to be together. The exception is what we're going through now. We are going through an exception now. It's a pandemic. Uh, you don't risk, you know, certain things for it. And there are a number of people in our body who just are at high risk. It's just unwise. Uh, it would violate other things for them to show up. Uh, and so they can't be there. But this is not, there's no new normal here, okay? This is not normal, and we're not going to allow this to be normal. Uh, we're, we're going to be back together as soon as we possibly can in wisdom uh, for each person has to make that choice in wisdom for themselves. But as soon as we possibly can, we're going to be back together because this is just not normal. Um, and it's not something we want to go any longer than we have to go. But God can teach us things through it. He can teach us things through it. Um, we weren't meant uh, to be alone. Uh, Adam was given Eve in the garden. And uh, of course, Adam had God and Eve had God and we have God and we have each other. And we need to continue down that path of relationship as the basis, as the basis for kind of our strength in the world and how we deal with things, our relationship with God first and then through him with others and through him, through them with us. Uh, that's the, that's the goal that we need to have. And so right now, uh, so many in the body are feeling alone and we weren't meant to be alone. 
So I just tell you, don't do this alone. Don't do this alone if you're feeling alone. Uh, don't stop gathering in whatever way is, is correct for you based on wisdom. Don't disappear into lonesomeness. It's a rough place to be. And the problem is that lonesomeness tends to breed lonesomeness. When we start to feel lonely, when we start to feel down, when we start to feel the pressure, we, we tend to, and this is me as much as any one of you, there are times where it's just like, I just want to go get in my bed and not get out again until everything goes away, right? And, and that we can kind of do that. Like we separate ourselves. We think, oh, everybody else is too busy to help me or to deal with me or whatever. We don't reach out. We get into this lonesomeness. Don't do that. Don't disappear into lonesomeness. We are Christ church. So what that means is he's going to bring us together one way or the other. That's going to happen because it's what he's called us to be. And so we ought to live biblically and make sure we're fellowshipping ourselves in whatever way that's possible. And so we're going to talk about some steps for us to take as individual parts of the body, fellowshipping to encourage and increase our actions in our call to fellowship with everybody else. So here's a few things. Look, number one, reach out. Reach out and let people you know you have needs. They don't see you every week right now, and they don't know your needs. Many of us uh, don't see each other every week. There are a number of people who do are able to still gather because um, that's uh, in their wisdom, they're safe to do that, that based on their age or their underlying conditions or whatever. And so they get to see each other, but there's lots of people who don't get to see each other. And even if you're there on Sunday, there's other people who would want to minister who don't see you. They don't know, you know, in the Northwest, I just, this is our culture. We are not in the South. There was a time I think where you kind of went over to people's house and checked on them and did the whole hospitality thing. They do it a little different there, but in the Northwest, we're pretty private. So if you don't say I need People assume you don't, um, which I don't know why we do that, but that's just the way we are. And so we can either get really upset about the fact that that's our culture, or we can reach out when we have needs and not be um, afraid to say, I have needs. I just, I need to talk to somebody. I need to hear from somebody. Uh, reach out. We can't serve needs that we don't know about. Um, the next one, schedule a call or a Zoom, or a FaceTime, or a meeting. Restaurants are supposed to be back open, I think, today, tomorrow. I don't know. Coffee shops, I assume, will be open. I, I don't know. Um, but I, I would think so. Meet with somebody, you know. Uh, of course, for those of you who can't do that, um, who, or, or who would need particular kinds of social distancing to do that or whatever, if it's possible for you at all to do it safely, I would meet in person where you can see somebody's face. If not, Zoom, FaceTime, a phone call, uh, texting throughout the day, whatever. Let people know that you're there and that you want to be connected to them. Uh, I've been sort of pushing this for a couple of few weeks now. Get on the app. Use the app. Get on. The, you can uh, you put in a letter like on the personal message thing and a bunch of people's names will come up. Pick one of them and be like, hey, haven't talked to you for however long. How are you? Can we get together and have coffee? Whatever it's going to be. We need to make sure that we're fellowshipping. And then the last one I would say uh, is come back to live in-person services if the only reason you're not going is because it's easier to go online. If you're a person who's going out and, and you're in the world and you're doing stuff and you're not taking, you know, you're not someone who's concerned about underlying conditions, you're not in that age category where that's a problem and you're out doing your thing and you feel like it's not unwise to come to church, it's just easier to watch it with a cup of coffee in your pajamas, I agree. It's easier, but it's not the same if you can be there. So, Come back to in-person services if you're able, and that's the wise thing for you to do. I'm not going to sit here and, and, and uh, be able to judge for you whether that's wise. But if it is, and the only reason you're not coming is because we've made it easy not to, 
come back. Starting on Sunday, we're going to go back to completely live in-person services. In other words, worship will be live, preaching will be live, everything will be happening there on the stage. I appreciate those of you who who went through the couple weeks, few weeks that we did with uh, screens. I think we have all the information we need in terms of, of how well that works and how well that can work for maybe a satellite at some point. Um, but our church, of course, we want to be live. We want to have worship live. We want to have preaching live and so on. And so um, for those of you who didn't like the screen thing, hey, you're going to be back to um, regular live. If you did like the screen thing, uh, sorry, we're going back to regular live services. So we're going to be doing that for in-person services uh, starting this coming Sunday. Be there if you can be there. Okay. Be there if you can be there. Uh, Lord willing, we're going to get back together soon. Some people are waiting to get their vaccine. Uh, some people are waiting to, to see the numbers go down, whatever it may be for you, for you and your particular health situation. I, it, we're hoping and believing that soon all of us will be back together and have that fellowship aspect completely reconnected for the church because it is so important. And so because we can't have it in the easy way, the normal way where we just all show up on Sunday every single week, we got to work to make sure we still have it. And that can be done. We can do that. We can still have it. And so please do these things. Reach out, contact people, let people know when you need to be reached out to, you know, be vulnerable with that. Let's make sure that we're fellowshipping since we don't have always that Sunday morning experience, that we're still fellowshipping. All right, let's pray. Father, I just ask that you would give us uh, strength in the call to fellowship. Uh, I, I get the opportunity to meet with, with people um, and some people I can only uh, text with or, or email with or whatever from time to time. Others I can see face to face. I thank you for those opportunities. Uh, I pray that you would grow uh, the fellowship of your church, uh, grow the body spiritually, help us to be strong, help us to love one another. Lord, help nobody in this body to feel unloved because, A, you love them. You loved them into existence. You, you thought about them before the world began. You knit them together in their mother's womb. Every one of these people is special. I pray that they would realize that and know that. And I pray that we would treat each other that way, that we would outdo each other in honoring one another, as the scriptures say. Lord, we need fellowship. We need to reach out. And then beyond that, Lord, help us to reach out to those uh, outside the church who also are struggling, that they might see how we are, that we care about them, that even though everyone's going through difficulties, that we care about them too people who are in nursing homes or other places where people can't be admitted uh, to those places to see them. Let us find ways to um, comfort, minister, Lord, to fellowship. Lord, I love your church worldwide, and I love your church, this local expression of your body at Acts Church. God, give me a deeper and deeper and deeper love for you and for them, and give them a deeper and deeper love for you and for each other. God, give us a good week. Get this snow, uh, get the roads cleared and, and get things safe so people can get back to work tomorrow or Tuesday. Uh, Lord, I just thank you for all that you've done. In your name, amen. Thanks again for listening. We hope the Lord blessed you through it. We'd like to invite you to join us on one of our Sunday morning services at either 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. Whether you would just like to find out some more info about Axe Church or if you'd like to plug in and take some next steps in your faith, axchurchnw.org is a great place to start. You can also email us at info at axchurchnw.org. 
There's always more content coming, whether it's on YouTube or on our podcast channel. So be sure to subscribe to both of those to always get the newest content from Max Church. Until next time, we hope you have a blessed week.